I'm Jim Brown. I'm your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm talking to you about the life of David, particularly when God said, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The word evil there is the word ra. It is the common word for evil all through the Old Testament. Same word used in the garden when the Bible speaks of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil of Ra. Now, most people don't like the idea that God creates evil. I keep saying this. Evil is sin. Sin equals evil. Now, there is the law. Sin is the transgression of the law, and it's evil. Well, God is not under the law. God is above the law. He kills whoever he wants to. He said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. It is Jesus that holds the keys of death and hell in Revelation, the first chapter. Now, so he said, I make peace and create evil. Man is under the law. The law was made for man because he is... He is depraved, and he will sin. Now, I'm talking about David, and I'm wanting to get back to the story. This is a story. It's a Bible story. And the Old Testament will tell you things that will show you is true about your life. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable. When that was written by the Apostle Paul over in First Timothy, that's that is uh, the that's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. It was by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. Now people get mad at me for saying God creates evil. When Saul, when Saul got jealous of David in the sixteenth chapter of first samuel god got fed up with saul because he he would not perform his words and god told him to go down to amalek and destroy all the men of amalek and kill all the sheep and all the ghosts kill everybody there you say god wouldn't do that yes he did and why would he want everybody to die because amalek was where they did practice none of god's laws None of God's separation laws, none of his quarantining laws. Therefore, if he didn't kill everybody in Amalek, they would they bring some of those sheep back up there to Israel. They could spread disease all over Israel. So he says, I want all of them dead. Besides that, if they're if they're babies, they're going to go be with the Lord. Now, when God sent Samuel down to southern Judah. He said, "He said, Samuel, I've rejected Saul. He has just turned away from me, and he won't do what I tell him. Go down to Amalek. I mean, go down to southern Judah and Bethlehem. I've chosen a me among the a king among the sons of Jesse. So he goes down, and uh, and when he's down there, God." Jesse makes seven of his sons to pass for Samuel. God said, it's not one of these. And so he said, is there anybody else? And he said, there remains the youngest. And that would be David, the eighth son of Jesse. Well, 
he goes down there and the Bible says that Saul anoints David to be king while Saul is still king in Israel in the eyes of the people. And Saul hears of that, and in First Samuel sixteen fourteen through 16, four times God says, an evil spirit from the Lord entered Saul. You know what I believe the spirit was? Pride. And then he says in First Samuel 18 and 10, when David goes out in the chapter 17 and kills Goliath, and he comes into the city, all the women are singing this song about David. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul gets livid. He gets angry. And he picks up the spear and throws it at David to kill him. And the Bible says in First Samuel 18 and 10, an evil spirit from God, from God entered Saul. Now that goes on all the time. And then when he comes and he's, we get over to Second Samuel. I've been talking about David and Bathsheba. Now, David sees Bathsheba on a, on a housetop. David is in the castle. He looks out there and sees this woman bathing herself. And she has to be gorgeous because David has got many wives. And he says to one of his people, I want her, bring her here. Now, it's not like David didn't know who she was. Because Ahithophel was David's chief counselor. This is a man you never hear about in Bible stories. Ahithophel. Ahithophel is David's chief counselor. He's the guy that David goes to when he has trouble and he don't know what to do. He's a wise old man, but the thing is, Ahithophel is Bathsheba's grandfather. Now that ought to give you some reason to understand why Ahithophel later on defects from his allegiance to David because David has destroyed his granddaughter's life by having her husband Uriah the Hittite killed. That may be a good reason Ahithophel pulled away from David. You can just assume that these people are human and have the same kind of motives that we do. And when he pulls away, it's kind of sad because when you read Psalms, the 55th chapter, Psalms 55, it talks about David's relationship with Hithophel. He said, we had sweet fellowship together. We went into the house of God together. We talked together. We communed together. And he said, your words sounded smoother than butter but they were like drawn swords you were trying to destroy me I don't even know what side to get on there because David had destroyed his granddaughter's life by having her husband killed now when we get over into Second Samuel we see in the 11th chapter that's where David has his 
he sees Bathsheba, 11th chapter, 2 Samuel. And that's when he says, I want that woman. She comes to the palace. They have a sexual tryst. She becomes pregnant by David's... She's going to have David's baby. He calls for Uriah the Hittite to come in from the battle with the Ammonites. Tells him to go home and sleep with his wife. Hoping that maybe they'll think that baby belongs to Uriah the Hittite. But Uriah doesn't go home to sleep with his wife. He said, I can't do that while my king is at war. Uriah was a faithful man to David. He was a Hittite. He was a pagan. But he probably believed in Jehovah God because he said, I'll stay with David to the end. David had some pagan friends like that, but it didn't mean they were pagans any longer if they were believing Jehovah God. So, in the 11th chapter we find, that's where David has his affair with Bathsheba. And then he finds out she's going to have a baby. Then we get into that 12th chapter. In the 12th chapter, that's where Nathan is the prophet. And he comes to David... Now, David hears this story twice. Not one exactly the same, but later on he hears it. One similar to this from Joab, his nephew, who is his commanding general. And he hears Nathan stands before him and says, There was a man down the street here. He had one little ewe lamb. And this man over here had a whole flock of ewe lambs. And this... This man here has got a bunch of ewe lambs. Ewe lambs. A whole flock of them. This one over here has got one. He's talking about Bathsheba's. This man had Bathsheba. This man had many wives. That would be David. And he said, this man, he had a visitor come in, and he went and took this one man, ewe lamb, and brought it over here, killed it, and fed it to his guest. Boy, it just enraged David. He just went crazy. He said, you tell me who it is and I'll have him killed. Nathan said, thou art the man. He went, oh God, that's me, isn't it? And he broke down and wept and started repenting. He said, I only have sin. Now God says, I'm going to bring evil upon David just for that. All the rest of this book from the 12th chapter on all the way to the 24th chapter, David doesn't have a good time any time the rest of his life. How do you get the, to the king of Israel? How do you get to man that's really... If you look at the 5th chapter, all of Israel comes to worship him and says, You're the great king, you're wonderful, and we love you, David. You, he can mess up on one time. And this mess with Bathsheba. Now Bathsheba's baby, we find it dies, the one that David has her pregnant with in that twelfth chapter. And David has other wives and other children. Now let's get back to this tenth verse of chapter twelve of Second Samuel. Now therefore the sword the sword the sword shall never depart from your house, David. Boy, that is an unbelievable statement because he has nothing but one problem after the other, starting with the next chapter. He's got two nephews that are just a thorn in his flesh. 
Yes, Joab. Joab is his commander of his army. But David brought that on. I put John. Joab. Joab was David's nephew by his sister, Zeruiah. Z-E-R-U-I-A-H. And Joab's brother was Abishai. Now, Abishai was a constant companion of David. Everywhere they saw David, they saw Abishai. Abishai was like a bodyguard. And boy, was he ever a bodyguard because he killed 300 men in one battle one time. He was a tough guy. You didn't want to enter, get close to King David if he got mad and upset. He had a hair temper, hair temper, just click that fast. He's wanting to kill somebody. Well, Joab was also a killer because he killed four men. He killed Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband. He killed Abner, who was a righteous commander of Saul's northern army because he was jealous of Abner, afraid he was going to try to take his place. And he killed Amasa when David tried to replace him with his first cousin, Amasa. He stabbed him under the fifth rib. He was always wanting to kill somebody that got in his way. And I want to talk about Joab some more tonight. Joab was one character. He just was unbelievable. He just did not care who he hurt or who he killed. And he also killed another man that was unrighteous. When we get into the, we get into the next chapters, getting to the 13th chapter, that's where uh, David's trouble starts in Second Samuel 13. Well, let me read something over here first in the 12th chapter. Verse 11, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And David, I will take your wives before your eyes and give them unto your neighbor, which will be Joab, which will be Absalom, your son. And he shall lie with thy wives sexually in the sight of of this son. I was asked a question. Would God ordain unfaithfulness and rape? Yeah, he will. But he'll hold them accountable for it. And then he says, because he just said, I gave you your master's wives in verse 8. I gave them your their house, being Saul's house. I gave you all of Judah. And I've given you everything that Saul had. And you thought you could turn around and steal some other man's wife. Now let's keep reading verse 12. For thou didst it secretly. It was in secret you took Bathsheba over to the castle and had a sexual affair with her. I'm going to do it openly, God says. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun, I'm going to do it in the wide open. When I have your wives and your son is going to take them before all of Israel. 
You think God wouldn't do that? He said, I will bring evil up against you out of your own house. That's very significant in verse 11. I will behold, I will bring evil against thee out of your own household. And then he says there in verse 13, David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath put thy sin, put away thy sin, and you'll not die, but you're going to have trouble from now on. The sword will never leave your house. Well, let me show you what he's talking about. In Second Samuel 16, at the rebellion, the guy that comes and starts the rebellion is Absalom. Let me just kind of go over this with you. Absalom is David's favorite son. Absalom. Trying to tell you this story is like trying to tell you a year's episode of The Young and Restless. Or as the world turns, you can't do it all of a sudden. There's a lot to it. So, if you go over here, he says there, in verse 11 of chapter 12, I will take thy wives before your eyes and give them unto your neighbor. But his neighbor is going to be Absalom, his son. Now look at chapter 16. This is during the rebellion that takes a place that Absalom, Absalom conjures up this rebellion. Absalom is a seesaw man. You don't know whether he's has anything good in mind or not. It's not unlike the people today. It's not unlike a soap opera. And over here in the 16th chapter, this is what God had Nathan prophesy to David in that 12th chapter. He said, you took another man's wife. I'm going to have your own son take your wives in the sight of all of Israel. Boy, you talk about embarrassing. Then you look down here in verse 20 in chapter 16. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel. Ahithophel has, has left David and defected and gone over to Absalom who's trying to take over David's kingdom out of his ego because he was so handsome and so good looking and he had this long dark hair and it weighed it weighed so heavy he would pull his hair every year pull means to shave he'd pull his hair every year people loved his hair he looked like a rock star now it says right here and then said Absalom, verse 20, to Ahithophel. Ahithophel has come over and he wants to be buddies and pals with Absalom. Said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent 
upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all of Israel. That's exactly what God says, the evil that I'll bring upon your house. That's just the beginning. You think of David as a man after God's own heart. And he was, because he repented when Nathan came down like a truck on him. Well, let's go back over here to this 13th chapter. We know the rest of the story in that 12th chapter. David weeps and cries over the baby, and it gets real sick, and God says, I'm going to kill it, and there's nothing you can do to stop me from doing it. And that's the baby, the illegitimate child of David and Bathsheba. You have to remember later on, Bathsheba has another son. His name is Solomon. And he's the one that God's going to... Boy, how do you understand this? Here's David and Bathsheba, an illegitimate gathering together. And then this baby dies that she has it. She becomes pregnant with. But later on, Bathsheba has Solomon. And he's going to build the temple of God. And God gives him instructions to do that. Well, was those instructions to build the temple, was that ordained by God before the foundation of the world? Oh, yes. But not without this illicit affair between David and Bathsheba. Try to figure that out. You can't. Then, the baby, David cries all night long, and the baby dies, and he gets up, washes his face, and says, It's time to stop mourning. I cannot bring him back, but I shall go to him. Then, we're going to the next chapter. Going to chapter 13. And Absalom does something. And David has another son named Ammon. A-M-N-O-N. That is David's... That is David's firstborn son. Let me show you something. When you're going to look at David's wives, you got to go to the third chapter, Second Samuel, and one of these is very, very interesting. Look here at the third chapter, Second Samuel. Third chapter. This names. Remember, Second Samuel three names David's wives in Hebron. Hebron is the is the lowest city on the map in all of Israel in the ancient world. Verse 1, chapter 3, There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Now Saul was dead. He had been killed in the 31st chapter of, of 1 Samuel. But the man that was heading up the house of Saul was Abner. Abner was his, had been his commanding general. But Abner was a good man, and he eventually wants to give the northern kingdom to David and make it one kingdom again. And he says here, chapter 3, And there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, and David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Now, David hasn't committed his great sin yet. 
So he's doing right and he's living right and he's beat his enemies. And unto David were born in Hebron. Hebron is this small southern city. David reigned in Hebron until he was given the rest of the kingdom by Abner to reign over all of Israel. And that happens in the fifth chapter. And unto David were born in Hebron his firstborn Amnon. That's the one that rapes his sister Tamar. Half-sister, actually. And of he was Amnon was a Hinoam, the Jezreelitess. So his mother was a Hinoam. And his second-born was Kiliab of Abigail, the wife of Nabal. We'll talk about Nabal later, later on. And the Carmelite. And the third son was Absalom, the son of Maacah. That's very important. The son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, the king of Geshur. That's very important. The third was Absalom. Absalom. The son of Maacah, that's his mother. And of the land of Talmai. You say, why are you putting that on the board? That's where he flees to. He goes back to Mama as soon as he kills Amnon. And the Bible tells you that's where he goes. And you can get that out of McClinic and Strong by looking up Talmai. And it tells you right here that Maaka, he runs home to Mama. That's up, Talmai is right up on the Syrian border. It's right on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Let's see if I can find it here. It would be somewhere up here in this neighborhood. In this area, Talmai would be up in here. Right close to the Syrian border. Now, and that's where he runs to after he murders his brother Amnon. Why does he murder Amnon? That's just a part of the evil that God's bringing upon David in this, in this, well, let me finish reading this. In the third chapter. Third was Absalom, the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. And the fourth was Adonijah. Oh boy. He's going to have some adventures with Adonijah who's going to try to steal the kingdom from Solomon in the first chapter of First Kings. Boy, you talk about problems. David's going to have them. And the sword will never leave his house, and he's going to have one evil after another that God's going to create. He was the son of Haggith. Adonijah has to die. For All these sons that are wicked are going to die. And the fifth, Shaphatiah, the son of Atael, and the sixth, Ithrim, by Eglot, David's wife. These were born to David in Hebron. That's just in the one city of Hebron. And he reigns in Hebron. And then when all of Israel comes 
together in the fifth chapter, he starts reigning over all of Israel for 33 years. Jesus was 33 when he died. Now let's get back over here. Trying to understand this and understand the evil that God creates makes you want to repent. Because if he will do this to David, will he do it to our lives? You bet your life he will. He'll give you a hard time as long as you don't want to be obedient to him. Now let's go back over here. Now. Testimony to what you just said. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. Now back to 13. David's troubles are just starting. His evil is just beginning. Because his son Amnon, that we just talked about, his firstborn, rapes his half-sister Tamar. She is gorgeous. He falls in love with his own half-sister. But Tamar is the full sister of Absalom. Boy. And Amnon rapes his half-sister, the full sister of Absalom. And Absalom pines over this and gets mad and gets infuriated and waits two full years to get revenge. You find that in verse 23 of chapter 13. It came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shears, Baal Hazor, which is beside Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to King David and said, Behold now, thy servant has sheep shears. Let the king beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him. He pressured David. Absalom was was involved in his trickery here. And he pressured David that he would, that he, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, Now I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go. Why do you think he's wanting to pressure David to get Amnon to go? He wants to kill Amnon for raping his own full sister Tamar. That's why. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? King David said, Why do you want him to go? But Absalom pressed him, and he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. So Absalom gives instruction to his men. When Amnon gets drunk and his heart is merry with cheer, Kill him! And they do. And guess what Absalom does? He kind of runs and hides for a while. Look at verse 37. Absalom fled and went to Talmai. That's, we just read about that, didn't we? Talmai, here's an article out of McClinic and Strong. Let me tell you about Talmai. We just read it in that third chapter of Second Samuel, his mother was Maaka. Let me read this. Adam McClinic is strong. Son of a Talmai was the son of a Mehud, 
the father of Geshur, his daughter, Maacah, was one of the wives of David and mother of Absalom. It was up on the border of Syria. Let's see. You can look up Talmai and McClinic and Strong and get that out of there. And he went home to Mama. Maybe she would protect him. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amihud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur. He's out of the country and was there three years. It's good when you when you own the McClinic and Strong to look these towns up and see what it's talking about. See whose mother was his mother. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom. Absalom was his favorite. And he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. He had been told by one man that gossiped, Absalom killed all your sons. And one man stepped forward and said, Only Abnon is dead, not all your sons. Only Abnon. Now, enter Joab to do his dirty tricks. You start reading this next chapter and you don't know whether Joab is doing this because he likes Abnon. Uh, excuse me. Joe, whether he likes Absalom or whether he's planning to kill him. You can't tell which. It does say in verse 1 of chapter 14, Now Joab, the son of Zeruiah, David's sister, perceived that the king's heart was toward Absalom. <clears throat> when you read that, you don't know whether he's jealous because it is Joab that kills him one day. But it's Joab that gets him to come back to the kingdom and leave Geshur and come back to be the king's son. So Joab pulls a trick. And this is a trick that David's heard somewhat before. <coughs> Joab gets a woman. Joab sent to Tekoa and fetched thence a wise woman and said unto her, A wise woman, be somebody who's tricky and maybe she's a little bit on the soothsayer side. I pray thee, find thyself to be a mourner. Fake yourself to be mourning over two sons. And tell King David, go to David. This is Joab setting up. I said this last time I talked about Joab. Every time you see David and Bathsheba, some movie, it'll be a tall, handsome guy like Gregory Peck, which David wasn't probably tall and handsome. He was ruddy-faced and perhaps had red face and maybe freckles and red hair. He looked like everything except a king, except Gregory Peck. There was an old movie, David and Bathsheba, Gregory Peck, and Susan Hayward. Susan Hayward may have looked like... Bathsheba, because she was gorgeous. But uh, David looked like Gregory Peck. But he was the king. He was powerful. And he was wise. Now, so David is, uh, so Absalom, Absalom, I'll get it right in a minute. Joab is setting this woman up. He tells her, now you tell my uncle David, you tell him you have two sons. 
Now, if you'll notice, this is somewhat like the story that David told in the 12th chapter that David was told by Nathan when Nathan said there was two men. One had many had many sheep and the other one had one little ewe lamb and the one that had many sheep stole that one and he was trying to show him. Joab's kind of doing something like the same thing. And Joab says, this woman says, and she's set up by Joab to do this. And she says, uh, David, King David, God bless you, King David. Uh, this I had two sons, and one killed the other. They worked together, and one killed the other. Now my whole family wants to kill this one son because he killed his brother, and there'll be nobody to be heir to my dead husband's. I'm a widow, and there'll be nobody to be heir to my dead husband's kingdom, to his, to his, everything that he's had left when he died. And David says to the woman, you just keep going. I'm gonna, I will give charge concerning me that nothing will happen to you. And she keeps talking to him until finally the king is not ignorant. And the king said in verse 19, well, he says verse 18, Then King David answered and said unto the woman, Don't hide what you're trying to say to me. Just say it. I pray thee the thing that I shall ask thee. And the woman said, Let my lord the king now speak. And the king said, Is not the hand of Joab in this? Isn't he put you up to this? She said, Yes. And so she begs him to let Absalom come back to be a part of the kingdom. And verse 23, And Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. Of course, David finally gave his consent. But David says, I don't want to see him anymore. So it's two years before Absalom sees David. And Absalom keeps telling Joab go and tell my father I want to see him and he hasn't seen him for two years he's been in Jerusalem for two years and King David hasn't seen him I don't know if it was anger, rage or what because David loved Absalom more than any of his sons I believe he loved him more than Solomon verse 20-32 Absalom answered Joab Behold, I sent unto thee, saying, Come hither, that I may send thee to the king, to say, Wherefore am I come from Geshur? Why did I come back? It had been good for me to have been there still, to stay in the land of Geshur with my mother. Now therefore, let me see the king's face, if there be any iniquity in me. I don't think uh, Absalom means this. Let him kill me. Let King David kill me if there's iniquity. I think he's just being, he's being, uh, he's just building up things bigger than it actually is. So Joab came to King in verse 33 and told him, When he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself and his face to the ground before the king. And the king kissed Absalom. He hugged him. 
And the amazing thing happens. Absalom is kind of free in the kingdom. You're not going to know what verse 1 of chapter 15 means unless you've studied the culture of the day. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. You know what a man did when the first first announced he's going to be king? He got 50 men to run before a chariot. That was a sign this is the new king. He's going to take over the kingdom. That's what Adonijah did in the first chapter of 1 Kings. They can't do it without David's approval. Oh, me. And David, in Absalom, he's back in the good graces of his father. He stands out the gate of the city. And as people are coming in, he says, it's too much to go to my father. And they liked him. Let me read something to you. Look at verse 25 of the previous chapter. Chapter 14. But in all Israel, there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. And the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. He was extremely good looking. And when he pulled his head, for it was every year's end that he pulled it because the hair was very heavy on him. The hair is what got him in trouble with Joab. You remember when Absalom declares war against David's kingdom and he pushing David north and he goes across the Jordan River and Absalom's army is fighting his father's army, which is led by Abs- is led by Joab, Ab- Abishai, and Ittai, the Gittite. And Absalom gets his hair caught in a tree. It doesn't strangle him. He just gets it caught. And his hair, just like like Samson, is his downfall. He gets hung. And a young man sees it and says, runs to Joab and says, your enemy is hung in a tree. And he says, let's go see. And he throws his It says a dart, but it's a spear at him and runs him through and kills him. And Joab had been told, don't you touch him by David. Don't anybody touch Absalom. I love Absalom. Joab just thought, well, big deal. He he has forsaken you. He declared war against you. I don't care. Joab didn't care what he did. Therefore, he pulled his hair everywhere. It weighed the the hair weighed the hair of his head weighed two hundred shekels after the king's weight. It was heavy. That's why he shaved it every year. But he was very charming and he was very handsome. So he stood out at the gate of the city in verse six of chapter fifteen, and he stole the hearts of the people. Then. He tells his father, I want to go down to southern Judah. I want to go down to Hebron, and I want to offer offerings to God. In verse 10, when he gets down to Hebron, Absalom is a real trick. 
Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then he shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. I'm making myself king against all my father's kingdom. He's a treacherous person. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem. Now, Ahithophel comes on the scene. Ahithophel must have surely resented David because he tore up the life of his granddaughter Bathsheba and had her husband killed. And Ahithophel was her grandfather. Absalom sent for Ahithophel, verse 12, the Gileonite and David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong against David. <clears throat> they didn't say against David, but that's what it means. <clears throat> For the people <clears throat> increased continued with Absalom. Everybody started gathering against David with Absalom for no reason. Notice how treacherous this man is. He kills David's oldest son. Then he tries to abscond with the kingdom. He wants the power. Verse 13. There came a messenger to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel, they're going after Absalom. David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee. For we shall not else escape from Absalom. So we're going to get out of here and we're going to go north. Absalom is coming from Hebron. Just picture this. Here's Absalom down in Hebron. Hebron has declared Absalom as king against his father's will and wishes. When David gets ready for a king to take his place, it will be Solomon. It will not be Absalom, and it will not be Adonijah who tries to take over the kingdom also. These men were greedy, and they didn't want to go by what God said. So here is here is Israel. It's about 120 miles the length of Israel from the top to the bottom. The most southern town of ancient Israel was Hebron. And that's where, that's where Absalom declared he's king. Jerusalem is right up here in this area. You can see it on this map over here. <clears throat> Hebron was down here. Here's Jerusalem up here. Absalom takes his army and he's got an army of people headed up here to attack his father. His father takes Ittai, who is a he's a formidable commander, Abishai, and Joab. Joab has been his commander. And he's coming up here to attack his father in Jerusalem. 
David runs, takes this group north. The Jordan River crosses right here. Got the Sea of Galilee here. The Jordan River running down into the Dead Sea. <clears throat> he comes up here, crosses the Jordan, goes over to a place called Mahanium. Mahanium is a city of refuge. That's where you're supposed to go and be safe in Israel, but there's not going to be any safety for David. It's going to, of course, David isn't with his people. He's staying in Jerusalem. <coughs> I suppose he's in Jerusalem waiting for, <coughs> he's waiting for an answer from these men. Now, This is very interesting about Ahithophel. Let's read some of this. And there came, this is verse 13, chapter 15. There came a messenger to David saying, The hearts of the men are following Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee. Let's get out of here. For we shall not else escape from Absalom, my son. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. So David and his men take off, go north. And the king's servant said unto the king, Behold, Thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all of the household after him. And the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him and tarried in the the place that was far off. And his servants passed beside him. And all the Carathites, these were executioners. And the Pelethites, which were official messengers, and all the Gittites, these were people that were crying for the city, came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then send the king to Ittai. This is very interesting. Ittai the Gittite, who was one of his commanders at this point, Gittai, a Gittite, was a Philistine. David had fled Saul to the land of the Philistines and evidently had made friends with some of the Philistines. And Ittai came back with him. Now here's what Ittai said. Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to your place, Ittai, and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. Wherefore thou canst... But yesterday, thou camest yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Ittai, you're not even one of us. Why are you with us? And he tells David in verse 21, Ittai answered the king David and said, As the Lord liveth, as my Lord the king David liveth, Surely in what place my Lord the King shall be, and whither in death or life, even there also will thy servant me be. 
Boy, when you talk about a man that was faithful to David, Ittai was that man. Now, now what I want us to do is go over here to chapter 16. Or let's look at Ahithophel a couple of times here in chapter 15. Verse 27, The king said unto Zadok the priest, Art thou... Art not thou a seer? Art you a seer, one who can see into the future? Zadok was the high priest under David. Oh, excuse me. Zadok was the high priest. Zadok had been the high priest under Saul. And the high priest under David was Abiathar. A-B-I-A. T-H-A-R. What is that? What are they doing having two high priests? They are supposed to only have one. Zadok had been the high priest. He was a descendant of Aaron. And so was Abithar, was a descendant of Aaron. But how did Abithar get into the subject? How did he get you got to go back to 1 Samuel, the 23rd chapter. 1 Samuel 23. And Saul is chasing David, trying to, excuse me, chapter 22. Chapter 22. Saul is chasing David, and he comes to the place where the high priest where Ahimelech, Ahimelech is the high priest at this time. A-H-I-M-E-L-E-C-H. Ahimelech is the high priest. Saul is chasing David, trying to kill him, thinking he, thinking that David is trying to steal his kingdom from him. And so Saul finds that David has gone to the high priest, Ahimelech, and Ahimelech has given him a sword and bread to eat. And Saul says, Ahimelech, you are treacherous to my kingdom. But Ahimelech is a righteous high priest of God. In verse 17, this is when Saul is king. And Saul the king said unto the footman that stood about him. This is chapter 22 of 1 Samuel, verse 17. Saul's chasing David. He catches him at the house of Ahimelech. Ahimelech is a righteous high priest. I'm trying to tell you where Abathir, Abiathar, comes from over there in Second Samuel. Why Israel has got two high priests at that point. And they stood about him and turn and slay the priest of the Lord. Saul is saying... I hate this Ahimelech. He has done good favors for David, and I want my soldiers to kill the high priest. They're saying, we're not going to do that. Are you kidding, Saul? Saul is a wicked... He's one of God's kings. He was anointed by by Samuel, and he's half righteous and half evil and wicked. And he wants his men to kill the high priest and they refused they said we're not going to do that but he's got a man with him who is not of the righteous uh, not of Israel he's an Edomite his name is Doeg 
Doeg has no principle. He'll kill anybody for money. Let's finish reading this. Because their hand was also with David. He said, slay these priests. They were with David. And because they knew what when he fled and did not show it to me, but the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priests of God. We're not going to do that. Saul, you've gone out of your mind. And the king said to Doeg, this Edomite, not an Israelite, he's, he's a hired killer that Saul has with him. He says to Doeg, you turn and fall upon the priest. Doeg the Edomite turned and fell upon the priest and slew that day fourscore and five priests of God. He killed 85 priests of God without any thought behind it. And Nob, the city of the priests, that was just above Jerusalem, smote he with the edge of the sword and both men and women and children and sucklings and the oxen and the asses and the sheep with the edge of the sword and one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar. There he is. Escaped and fled after David. And David's not going to do away with him. He's an honest high priest, the son of... He's a descendant of Ahimelech, who is a descendant of Aaron. And you have to be of the, you have to be of the family of Aaron to be a high priest. And Abiathar showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priest. And David said unto Abiathar, I know it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Doeg was a wicked, wicked man, and he wasn't even an Israelite. Now, that takes us back over here to that to that 15th chapter of Second Samuel. We had to go there to find out where the king said unto Zadok the priest, Art thou... Art, uh, this is verse 27 of chapter 15 of Second Samuel. The king said unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return unto the city in the peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimeaz thy son... And Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. Jonathan and Ahimeaz. This is very significant in this story. So Jonathan. And Ahimeaz. Ahimeaz was the son of Zadad. And Jonathan was the son of Abiathar. And these were the two high priests. David honored the fact that Abiathar came out of the same family, that they all came from Aaron. And Ahimeaz and Jonathan were the two fastest runners in Israel. That's very significant because when Absalom tries to take over the kingdom 
And Absalom is killed by Joab when he catches him hanging in a tree. These two have the they have the command to go back and rush back and tell David, and neither one of them want to tell him because he loved Absalom. When he finds out Absalom's dead, he is crying, "Absalom, my son, my son!" And Joab comes in to where he's crying out, "Absalom, my son, my son!" And just chews David out like he's a redheaded stepchild. Just jumps his case. What are you doing mourning over him? He's tried to steal your kingdom and he's tried to kill you. David didn't care. He loved Absalom. Now, I just want you to see some things about Ahithophel. Verse 30 of chapter 15. How much time do I have, Mike? 33. All right. Verse 30 of chapter 15, Second Samuel. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up and had his head covered. And he went barefoot and all the people went with him and they wept with him because Absalom was dead. One told David, this is important. One told David saying, Ahithophel, your chief counselor, is among the conspirators. He's turning on you. He's gone with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And God does exactly that. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai the archite, Hushai was believed to be an old man. Hushai. He's very important in this. He's going to cause. He's going to cause the advice of Ahithophel to come to naught. It'll be Hushai. And Hushai wants to go with David as he runs out of Jerusalem and goes up here to seek refuge in that city of refuge. Verse 33 of chapter 15, 2 Samuel. Talking about Hushai, in whom David said, If thou pass a stone with me, if you go with me, old man Hushai, then thou wilt be a burden unto me. I'll have to go slow for an old man. I can't do that. We're going to be running fast. And if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, now David's setting up Hushai to be a spy for him in Absalom's camp. And that's exactly what happens. I will be thy servant, O king. Tell Absalom you're going to be his servant. I know you love me, Absalom, David says to Hushai. He says, I know you love me, Hushai. I will be a servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant. Tell that to Absalom. Tell him you're going to be on his side. And then you can tell you we can send you can send us the messages through these two boys, Jonathan and Ahimez. You can send the message to them. You can this was a spy network. Then Maus 
Thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a wise man. He was telling, he was telling Absalom how to win. And he could have won if he'd have followed Absalom's, if he'd followed Ahithophel's advice. But he was advised not to. And thou hast not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priest. Therefore it shall be that what things soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, out of Absalom's mouth, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimeaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son, and they're the fast runners in Israel. And by them you shall send unto me everything that you hear in the house of Absalom and the advice that Ahithophel gives him. And so Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. And this is just the beginning of the evil that God's going to bring upon the house of David. He's got all of his children turned against him. He's got Absalom against him. He loves Absalom. He's lost Amnon, his oldest son. He's losing all of them fast. He's losing his grandchildren. And they're being killed. Then the next chapter is where is where Shimei is chasing David as he's running away from Jerusalem. He's running up here. He's somewhere up here about to cross the Jordan River to go over the city of Mahanim. And that's where Shimei is throwing stones at him and screaming at him and saying, you are a traitor, you're treacherous, you've stolen my master's kingdom, King Saul's kingdom. But Shimei is going to get his comeuppance eventually. And then we see there, Abishai opens his mouth in verse 9. Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, David's sister, said unto King David, Uncle David, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go, I'll take his head off. David says, shut up, God's bidding him to throw stones, Abishai. Then, the thing goes into high gear. We see in that 16th chapter, that's the part that I read to you earlier, about Ahithophel giving advice to Absalom to put a tent on the housetop and sleep with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel in verses 21 and 22. When you look back up here in verse 15, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with them. That's because Ahithophel has got something against David. But he was a sweet friend of David up until this thing happened. But David had destroyed his granddaughter's family. His granddaughter being Bathsheba. Verse 16. Chapter 16. It came to pass when Hushai, the archite, David's friend was coming to Absalom that Hushai said to Absalom, 
God saved King Absalom. God saved the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why wentest thou not with your real friend? David, why didn't you go with him? It's funny what Hushai answers him. And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, whoever Israel chooses, his will I be, and with him will I abide. He's saying, If it's you, I'll be with you. If it's your father, I'll be with him. Hushai was sitting on the fence, not obligating himself. Then, then that's where he sets up his tent on the house. And let's go to chapter 17. And Ahithophel gives his, he's a brilliant man. He gives his advice on how they're to conquer Absalom. Starts in this first verse. Moreover, Hithophel, David's chief counselor, said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out 12,000 men. I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and, and weak-handed and will make him afraid and all the people that are with him shall flee and I will kill the king only. That's Ahithophel's advice. And I will bring back the people unto thee, Absalom. The man whom thou seekest is as if all returned so that the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom. Absalom said, that's pretty good, Ithophel. You must advise my father in all of his war situations and all the elders of Israel. Then said Absalom, call Hushai. Let's hear what he's got to say. The archite also, but remember, he's David's spy in the house of Absalom. What he saith. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel hath spoken after this manner. Here's what he told him, Ahithophel's plan. And shall we after, and shall we do after his sayings? Should we, he's asking Hushai, should we do what Ahithophel says? And he's a military genius. And Hushai says to Absalom, No, no, no. <laughs> Hushai said to Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel hath given is not good at this time. He's the guy that's going to turn Ahithophel's wisdom into nothing, this old man. That's why David needed, he said, You don't need to go with me, you're too old. You'll just slow us down. Go back to the house of Absalom. Pretend to be his buddy and his friend. 
and let us know by these two men. And they'll run and tell us where they are. That way we can protect ourselves. For said Hushai, verse 8, Thou knowest thy father and his men. He's calling David the father of uh, of of Absalom, you know your father and his men, that they might that they were mighty men, they be chafed in their minds as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field, and thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Behold he is now hid now in some pit or some other place. Some of them will be overthrown at first, then Whosoever heareth it shall say there is a slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. These people will melt when they hear how tough you are, Absalom. For all Israel knoweth that thy father, David, is a mighty man. And they which be with him are valiant men. Therefore, I counsel thee. This is Hushai's counsel going to go against Ahithophel. Ahithophel is the one that he should have listened to. Of course, the Bible wouldn't have been the Bible if he'd have listened to Ahithophel. And that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee from Dan even to Beersheba as the sand that is by the sea for a multitude. And that thou go to battle in thine own person. You go there in person. If he goes in person, he's going to get killed by Joab, isn't he? It's also set up. It's a great movie. It's what it is. And so shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found, and we will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground. And of him and of all the men that are with him. And there shall not be left so much as one when we get through with him. Hushai tells Absalom. Bad advice. Tricky advice. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city, then shall all Israel bring ropes to the city. That's a figurative term. Well, you can push him into the river. Ropes means big crowds of people that can push David into the river and be not one small stone found there. And Absalom, all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. No, it's not. It's tricky counsel. It's what David told him to do. Hushai is a good man. He believes David. For the Lord hath appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel. Notice it says the good counsel. Ahithophel's counsel was right. To the intent that the Lord may bring evil upon Absalom. Who's going to bring the evil? God. Who's going to bring the Ra? The Lord. God creates evil. And this is the evil that's going to descend upon David's household and his son is going to die in all of this. David's broken hearted. He's just, it breaks his heart over the death of Absalom, over the death of Ammon, over the death 
of all these people in his family over his nephews who were just a headache to him, Joab and Abishai. He said, my, I can't hardly handle these sons of Zerah, my sister. Then said Abish, then said Hushai unto Zadok and Abiathar, the two high priests. Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. I went against Ahithophel. Now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not in this night in the plains of wilderness. And these two men are going to go tell him. Jonathan and Nehemiah's. But speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up, and all the people are with him. Now Jonathan and Ahimeaz stayed by in Rogel, but for they might not be seen to come into the city. And uh, and a wench went and told them, and they went and told King David. Those are the two men. And those are the two men the sons of the two high priests that are told when Absalom is killed by Joab, you have to go tell the king. And they begin to race to tell the king. And they were the fastest runners. When they got to the king, they choked up and they couldn't say it because they knew he loved Absalom who had been killed by Joab. Joab is the one that got him back in Israel. And then, was he scheming just to get him dead? Joab had no principle. He'd killed men before. Men who were not his enemies. Men who was his friend. Nevertheless, a lad saw them, verse 18, and told Absalom. But they went both of them away quickly and came to the man's house in Bohurim, which had a well in the court, whither they went. And a woman took, spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground corn thereon, and the thing was not known. This was a signal. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman, to the house, they said, Where is Ahimeaz and Jonathan? And the woman said unto them, They be gone over the brook of the water. They were running back. And this is where Ahithophel, look at verse 21. It came to pass after they had departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said unto David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. And David arose and all the people that were with him and they passed over Jordan by the morning light. There lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. And this is where Ahithophel commits suicide, the next verse. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, and they followed the counsel of Hushai, who was a David spy in town, he saddled his ass and rose and got him home to his house and to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself and died. Now, the things that go on with David are just unbelievable. 
in the next chapter, this is where they, in chapter 18, David numbered the people that were with him and said captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. And in this chapter, we need to read some of this chapter because this is where Joab kills Absalom. Verse 5, king, the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, his commanders, the three that are bad as they're mean as, as they can be in battle. Deal gently for my sake with Absalom. He's telling these three, don't hurt him. Do you understand me? Even with Absalom and all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. You know how much Joab paid attention to that? Zero. He didn't care what King David said. Uncle David, I'll do what I want to do. So the people went out. Joab puzzles me. Why was he pulling Absalom back into Israel after he had left for two years and stayed away because he had killed Amnon? And then when he's coming back, you you just think, is he planning the death of Absalom all along? He knew, the Bible says he knew that David, that Absalom was David's favorite son. It makes me look like that Joab had this plan all along. He didn't know exactly how it was going to come out, but he knew he had plans to kill Absalom. I believe he was out of jealousy. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim. And where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David, and there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men died that day. This is a battle between Absalom's army and David's army. And David's commanders were these three men, Joab, Abishai, and Ittai. And the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. They ran for their lives into the woods. And Absalom met the servants of David. And Absalom rode upon a mule. And the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak. Because he had that big head of hair. It was his curse just like Samson's curse. And he was taken up between heaven and earth. He was hanging in the air by by his hair on this tree. And the mule was under him, went away. So he's just hanging there. He's not dying, just hanging. And a certain man saw it and told Joab, Oh, wee, that's the wrong guy to tell. If he told Ittai, maybe Abishai would have let him live. Joab somehow did not like him. And behold, I saw Absalom hang in an oak. And Joab said unto the man, Why didn't you kill him? 
And behold, you saw him, and why didst thou not smite him to the ground? And I would have given you ten shekels of silver. I would have paid you to kill him. I don't care what David said. He didn't care what his uncle said at all. And the men said to Joab, Though I received ten thousand shekels of silver in mine hand, yet would I not put forth mine hand against the king's son? He said, No! For in our hearing the king charged thee, and Abishai and Edtai, saying, Beware that none touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I should have wrought falsehood against mine own life, for there is no matter hid from King David. And thou thyself wouldest have set thyself against me if I'd have had him killed. You would have testified against me and claimed you were the friend of Absalom. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee, and he took three darts or spears in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom. He did exactly what David told him not to do. You didn't tell. That's what gets me. You always got. I remember seeing in that David and Bathsheba and Absalom and Joab standing over the side and said, King David, what would you have me to do? He looks like some plastic mannequin over there. That wasn't Joab. Joab is one of the most interesting characters, evil, wicked guys. I don't know how much he believed God or didn't believe God. He didn't act like he did. He ran these three spears through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten young men that bare Jehu's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and killed him. Verse 18, Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. He did have a son, had a daughter. But he's talking about one that will come up in my family and keep me in remembrance. It is called unto this day Absalom's place. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, Let me now run and tell David. Oh, gosh. That's like going and telling somebody something that you just don't want to say. How can I do that? And Ahimeaz was a fast runner and bare the king tidings and how that the Lord hath re-avenged him of his enemies. God didn't consider, David didn't consider Absalom his enemy. He loved him. Do I have any time, Mike? Six. Let me just tell you what happens. They run down there. Ahimeaz gets down there in verse 28. Ahimeaz called and said unto the king, All is well. He runs all the way across the land, comes to the king. He's anxious to run to him, but he doesn't want to tell him. He knows it's going to really upset him. 
And Ahimeaz fell, this is verse 28, he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which has delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And he's dead. And Ahimeaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant, and me thy servant, and I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. Yes, he did. He just didn't want to open his mouth. The king said unto him, Turn aside and stand there. And he turned aside and stood still. He, he was anxious to go tell David, but he didn't want to tell him. And behold, Cushi came, and Cushi said, Tidings, my lord king, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose against thee. And the king said unto Cushi, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushi answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. They're all dead. And so is Absalom. That's what he's saying here. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And he went thus and said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died instead of you. He did love Absalom. Absalom, my son, my son. In the next chapter, he's crying out. And verse 1 says, And it was told Joab, Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And and Joab goes into the king's presence. But the king, verse 4, But the king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, Absalom, my son, my son! And Joab came into the house of the king and said, You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Boy, Joab had no principle at all, no fear. Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants. He's talking to King David, his uncle. You should be ashamed of yourself. You shame your servants, which this day have saved your life. He didn't give a flip about what David said. Don't touch the young man he's the one that killed him and the lives of thy sons and thy daughters and the lives of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines we saved all of them you didn't have to kill Absalom he was a prisoner hanging from his hair and that thou lovest thine enemies this is Joab this is Joab talking to David You love your enemies and hate your friends. For you have declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all we had died this day, then it would have made you happy. You'd have been pleased, David. Boy, Joab was gutsy. But the commanding general of the arms is the guy who ruled everything because all the soldiers would follow him. There was an old movie out with Stephen... Uh, I can't remember his last name. He was the guy who rode the chariot against Moses in that Ben-Hur. 
uh, Stephen his name was and he was in this movie about Rome was at war and the end of the movie he comes in and conquers all of Romans, Rome's enemies and the other generals are coming to him saying a million dinars for the kingdom of Rome and he's turning them all away he's the commanding general they would follow the generals the armies would when they wouldn't follow the king that's what's going on here the armies would follow Joab if he went against David Joab has no fear of standing up and saying you ought to be ashamed of yourself crying over Absalom David loved Absalom with all his heart he said, you love your enemies more than you love your friends. And there's much... You know what this is? This is a story of the evil that God says, I will bring upon the house of David, and I'll do it through his children and his nephews. And you can't fight your family, can you? How are you going to fight your nephews? Kill them? And they're going around killing each other. Joab's killing a mass and he's killing Uriah the Hittite. He's killing righteous Abner. He killed Absalom. And he has no qualms about it. Joab was a murderer. He had the he had the attitude of a killer. Something else. And after that, that's where David tries to replace Joab with Amasa in this same chapter. And that's where Amasa comes up. That's where Joab comes up to Amasa, his first cousin. This is another nephew of David. And he says, Amasa, how you doing? Hold this knife. Runs it up between his third rib. I hope you can see people in the Bible are just as treacherous as the 21st century. Especially when they wanted a throne, they'd kill to get it. I believe, I believe Joab thought possibly that one day he could get hold of the throne of David, but he couldn't. That's just like Absalom thought he could assume the throne. And Adonijah thought he could assume the throne. And every time somebody thought they could assume the throne without God being in it, God had them killed. God had had Absalom killed, and he had Adonijah killed in that first chapter of First Kings. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for pictures of these men that the Bible is all about. It's like a soap opera. It's just murder and killing and rape and stealing and lying and thieving. Not any different than the politicians of the 21st century. Lord, we pray that you'll keep us separated from these people and that you'll cause us to follow your truth in everything. Help us to understand that 
we cannot be rebellious against your word, otherwise you'll deal with us just like you did David. Even though he was your friend and you loved him, you've had to deal that way with some of us in our lives. I pray that you'll give me strength to continue this ministry for years to come if it's according to your will and mercy. Fight every battle we have. And we'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. I love these stories. I love to read about Joab and Abishai and the rest of them. Huh? It'd make a great movie, wouldn't it, about Joab? <laughs>